You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. senior here at Purpose Church, and today I'm going to share a little bit of my experience with mental health. Um, before that, I want to explain why I'm doing mental health night, and I really want to reach people who are like me. I want, uh, sorry, I want to let people know that they aren't a burden, they aren't dramatic, and they aren't being punished. My hope is that at least one person here leaves here tonight feeling that they aren't alone, that they are loved, that they're valid, and that what's happening to them is not their fault. My hope is that kids who aren't like me, who don't experience mental health issues, have a new understanding of mental health and destigmatize mental health as a whole. I hope they can learn how to interact, how to support, and how to love someone with mental health issues. So um, my mental health has always been a little bit rocky since I was a kid. I've always had uh, anxiety. And my older sister and I had this thing called the Sunday Scaries. I don't know if we made it up or we heard it somewhere. But the Sunday Scaries are basically like the anxiety and fear the night before a Sunday night, before school or work the next morning. I basically had countless Sunday scaries all my life. But my anxiety really manifested in the eighth grade when I had my first full-blown panic attack. From there, it really only got worse. My freshman year was probably the worst year of my life. My anxiety was so bad, it got to the point where I couldn't show up to school without feeling physically ill. I wouldn't be able to sleep, eat, or work, and it was incredibly debilitating. Although my physical symptoms were horrendous, I would experience that again tenfold and experience the state of anxiety I was in. To explain my anxiety just a little bit better, have, even, uh, have, ever, have any of you guys had a flight or fight moment in your life where you feel adrenaline, pain, terror, anything? No? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that would I, that's what I was experiencing in my head 24-7. I was living in pure panic. Um, I believe that my anxiety stemmed from my fear of failure. I felt that I was um, a burden, and I also put all of my self-worth onto grades and academic scores. Anything less than a B would make me freak out. Um, I remember my mom. She's in the back. Hey, mom. (laughs) Um, I remember my mom having to sleep next to me because I'd wake up every night by the hour and have a panic attack, and she would have to calm me down and, like, calm me down for school and get a few hours of sleep the next morning. Um, I was so anxious, oh, I was so anxious about school, I wouldn't be able to step onto campus without feeling, getting a panic attack. Um, for those of you who don't know what a panic attack is, panic attacks, according to Google, <laughs> are a sudden episode of intense fear that triggers a severe physical reaction when there is no real danger or apparent cause. They suck. I'm just saying that. Um, For me, I didn't have anxiety because of my depression. I had depression because of my anxiety. Um, It was kind of a side effect of my anxiety, which is a little bit different. Um, It was really difficult for me to talk about it growing up because I'm an Egyptian, and it was kind of taboo to talk about mental health, you know? Um, Sorry. (laughs) My friends and family would tell me to pray my anxiety, depression away, or that God would help me if I trusted him. They would say that my anxiousness was from Satan, and I needed to cast him out. So I did what they told me, and I didn't see change. Um, I began to resent both myself and God. 
Um, I want to preface this by saying prayer is powerful, but in this instance, I needed more than that. Um, I really thought there was something wrong with me, that I was being dramatic, that God was punishing me for being a bad Christian, that it was my fault I was feeling like this. I felt I had no reason to be anxious or depressed, and I felt guilty for it. There were days where I'd wake up and be so emotionally exhausted that I wish I didn't. Um, as a defense, I would try to block it all out. So there would be weeks where I'd be completely numb, not feel anything, and there'd be days where I'd feel everything at once. Um, I was scared to ask my parents for help at first. As I mentioned before, I grew up in an Egyptian household where mental health wasn't talked about. I was nervous that they would think that they would have dismissed me or that they were disappointed in me for being weak or that I was a burden to them. They weren't. They were fantastic, by the way. Um, um, when I did ask, it was difficult to navigate at first. Uh, it was new to me and my family, and it's something that doesn't really happen in our family, you know? It terrified me because the people I went to for answers didn't know how to help me. I went to a psychiatrist, and she diagnosed me with panic disorder and generalized anxiety disorder and prescribed me medication. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> uh, panic disorder, for those of you who don't know, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's basically panic attack disorder, and it's characterized by unexpected, repeated episodes of intense fear accompanied by physical symptoms. And then generalized anxiety disorder is characterized by excessive, exaggerated anxiety for no for worry in everyday life for no obvious reason. Both of these uh, disorders, um, usually people who have them tend to always expect disaster. They can't stop worrying, worrying about school, health, money, work, and all that. Uh, the medicine prescribed to me by the psychiatrist was an antidepressants, which for those of you who do take them, they don't fully work until you take them consistently for a month. So within that month, we were on a hunt for a therapist. Uh, I learned the hard way though. Oh, sorry. We've, we found a Christian therapist and I started seeing him twice a week. I learned the hard way though that not every therapist is good, unfortunately. Um, this therapist did help me at first and um, it was working at first, but the techniques he gave me weren't very helpful. For instance, um, he told me to pray and read the Bible, which is awesome, always do that, but that's the only thing he told me to do. So after a few, uh, few sessions, I told him I want to use some new anxiety management techniques along with reading my Bible and praying. Um, he didn't agree and informed me that the reason you have anxiety is that because you don't trust God enough. So him saying that validated every fear I had, that um, God was punishing me for being a bad Christian, that it was my fault I was like this, that I wasn't good enough, that if I just trusted him it would be better, all of which were not true by the way. <laughs> And as a young, impressionable, mentally ill teenager, I believed him. Um, my depression got much worse, and I spent years feeling guilty about my mental health issues. What I needed in this situation was both a balance between my Christian faith and medical help. Um, I'm sure all of you have heard the analogy that you don't pray over a broken bone, you treat it. Um, in this instance, my mental health was the broken bone. I needed treatment. Um, I want to say that God made mental health, or mental health, <laughs> made medical help for a reason, and that mental health should be taken just as seriously as physical health. So if you guys think you need help, please get it. Um, eventually, I did get better, though. I saw a new therapist, I was on my medication, but what gave me the most peace was my church community and my family. They helped me verbalize my mental issues and advocate for myself. Although my anxiety, um, was way more manageable. I want to say that healing is not linear. Um, I still suffer from panic attacks and breakdowns, 
but I learned to show myself grace and be less critical. Um, I've grown and learned how to manage it, and I no longer feel that state of anxiety and panic and terror anymore. I'm happy now, so. Um, I just want to close with a verse that really helped me through this hard time, and it's 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, and it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Thank you. That's all. Thank you so much, Selena. Thank you, guys. And at this time, can I invite our panel, our student panel, to come on up here? And you guys, welcome to Mental... Thank you, Laura. Yes, thank you. Give it up for Laura, one of our amazing adult leaders. So good. Um, tonight is Mental Health Night. And just like Selena shared, this is a completely student-run and, and led event. And so this is a vision that God put in the hearts of Selena and Allie. And here they are bringing it to, to life. So we're really excited to invite up a complete student panel. And actually, Asher, can you run and get the mic? Please, thank you. <laughs> Do you see it? Okay, good, good. Um, tonight, we are having a complete all students up here panel. So we've done some of these before, and your, your fellow students have bravely taken the step to be up here to help answer any questions that you might have about mental health, what does God have to say about it, and, and how, do you, how do you face it, how do you deal with it? So um, we got to hear from the amazing Selena, but let's meet the rest of our panel. Can you please introduce yourself and share a little bit about your experience with mental health? Well, hi guys. Um, my name's Allie. If you don't know me, I'm a senior. Um, a little bit about my story. I have suffered with anxiety since I was 10. Um, that eventually grew into panic disorder and then eventually grew into depression. Similar to Selena, my depression came from anxiety and panic. It wasn't depression first. Um, it's something that I'm working on and getting help with, but it's definitely been a struggle. Thanks, Allie. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Asher. Uh, I have less of a firsthand experience with mental health, but more of an um, experience with uh, family and uh, friends who have gone through mental health challenges. So my uh, experience comes more from an outside perspective. Hi, guys. My name is, Hi guys, my name is Dale. I'm also a senior. My experience is mostly firsthand. I think for me, around eighth grade is when my depression really spiked up, but I also have a lot of secondhand experience. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, now everyone right now, whip out your cell phones. The only time you ever hear us say that. Take out your phones right now. The number is on the screen. Text in, that's, was that funny, Christian? <laughs> Text in any questions that you have. We're getting um, a ton in already, so I'm feeling really excited to jump on in this. And as we're getting ready, just want to remind us all that unless we invite a special guest, we are not experts up here on the panel. Um, I'm one of your pastors, and these are your fellow students who are, are, who are bravely up here. So um, let's hop right into it. Um, I'd love to give this first question to Allie and Dale. And students, when you answer, do you want to just make sure that the mic is close to your mouth so we can all hear you? What are some things that you do to help take care of your mental health? 
Well, I honestly didn't know how to take care of my mental health for a while. Um, I was always known for being such a positive, bubbly friend. I was embarrassed for having mental struggles that I think I pushed them aside and I tried to hide them for a long time because mm. I convinced myself that, you know, everyone needs me to be that good friend, that reliant friend, that positive friend. So mm. I pushed my mental struggles under the rug and, you know, when my panic disorder first came up, it, that's when I really realized, like, something's wrong, I need to take care of myself. Mm. Um, so I started seeing um, Tanel. she's an amazing, um, therapist here um her number's on the resource paper provided for you guys but I started talking <laughs> to her a few months ago and it's actually been helping being able to talk to someone and confirming that my thoughts aren't just craziness and me thinking mm. I'm going crazy mm. but yeah um just reaching out to someone reaching out to someone that's so good Allie thank you how about you Dale how do you take care of your mental health yeah uh, much like Allie for the longest time I just kind of kept it to myself um would not recommend that, by the way. <clears throat> oh. uh, for me, I think, well, talking about it, that, that's an obvious one. But for me, just hanging out with my friends and actually doing things I enjoy also seems to help a lot. Like, look, it may not be healthy, but if you have to binge watch, like, a six-hour show on Netflix <laughs> to make yourself feel better, do it. Like, it can genuinely help. That's so good. Thank you, Dale. And you guys are answering, you guys are asking some really awesome questions. So thank you all for, for joining in, being vulnerable and brave, asking your questions. Um, we're going to throw this next one to Asher. Asher, can you share with us, um, we're getting lots of questions, a lot of the same ones asking, how do I be a good friend or family member to someone close to me who's really struggling with their mental health? Um, to be real with you guys, I'm still trying to figure that out. But um, some strategies that I've found is um, it's really important to just be there for them. I mean, I feel like a lot of times, like, you try and you're like, oh, like, like oh, like, I know, like, you're, I know what you're going through, but you don't. So I feel like a lot of times it's not, like, trying to sympathize with them, but it's more just being there for them, like, being someone mm -hmm. to talk to or um, just, like, letting them vent to you anything that will, like, or, like Dale said, doing something that they like with them, like, anything that will get them out of their like state of mind and just like onto something else. And then also praying for them is definitely something that I would highly recommend. Uh, it's something that I do every day for people that um, I'm in life with. So just stuff like that. Mm. Thanks, Asher. So good. Be there for them and pray for them. That's so powerful. We have um, a lot of questions specifically for Selena and Allie. So um, for you lady, I know, ooh, for, for you ladies, we're getting lots of questions asking for you individually, how do you calm down from a panic attack? Okay. <laughs> um, I have an amazing support system at home and I know a lot of you don't have that, but um, a lot of my fears were irrational. So kind of saying it out loud and hearing myself say like, what? It kind of like thinking logically, saying it out loud and then like rehearse, like kind of like going over it really helped me calm down. Um, it, sometimes that didn't work. Sometimes I just needed to put on like The Office and I just like watch it or like have my mom just hold my hand and my dad just like sit with me and that helped me. Mm -hmm. um, there's obviously the no right way, but the best way I could probably say is verbalize it I also journal a lot, too. That can help, too. It's really good, Selena. Yeah, similar to Selena, I think 
there's no really right answer when it comes to dealing with a panic attack because everyone deals with them differently. Mm. Um, for me, it's definitely watching comfort shows. Like, mm. I'll definitely turn on a TV show. Um, I also suffer from asthma. That's not having to do with mental health. But, like, when I have panic attacks, I feel like I can't breathe. Mm. Um, so my mom helps me, and she has me go outside. I breathe cold air. It kind of helps me, and I just do, like, my... What can I see? What can I smell? I do like my cool mm. down process, which kind of helps. But mm. honestly, support system, having someone there for you who may not know exactly what you're going through, but cares mm. about you, whether that's a friend or a family member, I definitely have really good people in both those categories who have helped me. Mm. So yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you both Selena and Allie. And, um, Going back to Selena and Allie and um, Asher and Dale, if there's anything you want to add as well. But we're getting similar questions, and you both kind of touched on it in your answers, but if there's anything that you want to add, we're getting lots of questions asking, how do you help someone else who's having a panic attack? Okay, perfect. I know this one. <laughs> um, like Ali said, there's like a five-step rule. It's named one thing, uh, one thing you can see, one thing you can smell, one thing you can touch, one thing you can taste. Um, that really helps. Um, another thing, also, it's very, it's very, like, just kind of sit with them and, like, talk it through. So you, if you figure out what they're, like, stressing about and you kind of hear it, like, talk through it. Like, is this something worth worrying about? Is Can you change the outcome of whatever this is happening? No? Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to worry. Then you can just be, sit there and just calm them down. Um, I also found prayer is nice. When people pray over me, it really did make me feel better. Mm -hmm. um, what about you, Ali? Yeah, um... So I'll share a little story. I had my first panic attack at a church. It wasn't like a church event, but like we were having a girls' night, and some people in the crowd may remember this one. But mm. I definitely, I tend to get panic attacks when I get hot. I don't know why, it just happens sometimes. Because the thing is, panic is different from anxiety. Panic mm -hmm. stems from just out of nowhere, whereas anxiety usually stems from like you're nervous about a test or something. So, um, just having people praying over you and being there for you like really helps um, winding down from like a panic attack. Um. Yeah, I just, just, sure yeah, just a reminder. Yeah. A question uh, is, yeah. how do you help someone else help who's someone having else. a right. panic attack? Um, just kind of like being there for them, if anything. Mm -hmm. You know, just having someone who can confirm that like you're not like your thoughts aren't crazy and mm. that, you know, like you're okay. Because really having people that are like either hugging you or just holding your hand, like I know Selena's mom usually holds her hand for mm. her. Like my mom usually does that and she'll just tell me like, breathe, breathe. So mm. just being a good friend. Sometimes it's not about what you say, just the comfort of being there for someone that can really like mm. move mountains for someone. Wow. That's so good, you guys. You guys are so wise. I feel like I'm up here with seasoned adults. This is so good, so good. All right, I'd love um, for Dale to start the answer to this question, and then if any other of our panelists want to jump in. We're also getting lots of questions asking, how do you gain strength to be vulnerable and share with others that you're struggling with your mental health? Okay, well, for me, it took three years to actually tell we my We love the group. honesty, Dale. So yeah, good. So, um, I think it all starts with trust, really. Trust, like, trust and just being comfortable with the people you're around. And honestly, sometimes 
the other person kind of has to ask like that question first for you to kind of talk about it. Mm. Um, building up the strength. Yeah, honestly, it's just a lot of trust and faith in that person and just being really comfortable in the environment and just when you're like just talking about just say everything don't don't keep stuff out mm-hmm. let them know what's like happening or what has happened it's mm-hmm. good yeah selena um also i want to say like when someone else is vulnerable with you it makes you more inclined to be vulnerable as well so mm-hmm. if you're with like pretty vulnerable honest people i think that's another thing that you can do mm-hmm. i don't know that's just something i think it's really good all right Open question, so any of the panelists can take this. We thank you so much, this student, for for being so vulnerable um, and practicing that strength to be vulnerable. Um, This student is saying, for a long time, I believed that my mental health issues were under control, but the truth is they are not. Do you have any advice on how to take the first step towards truth and getting help? Um, Just tell somebody. I mean, the longer you let it sit with you, the worse it's gonna get. Because Mm -hmm. you can think you have everything under control, and you can think you have everything under control for as long as you want, but you just know it's getting worse. It's not gonna get any better. It's just gonna keep getting worse until you talk to somebody about it. So I feel like it's really important that like, when you first realize that something's wrong, that you have a conversation with a friend or a a parent or a trusted adult, anybody, anyone here at this church is a good idea but just that you realize that you're not alone because when you feel like you're alone, that's when it gets worse. Hmm. Oh, that was really great, yeah. Um, hmm. Just to add on that, I, I like to use this analogy sometimes. Um, it's like a volcano in a way, and if it's just bubbling and bubbling and bubbling, sometimes there just might be something that just sets it off for you and then it's all gonna explode mm-hmm. and you're gonna feel so overwhelmed. So sometimes you gotta dormant the vol- volcano by telling someone by reaching out to someone, a trusted friend, trusted adult, anyone, a parent, and just telling them and just being vulnerable and honest. And for me, that was my mom. And that was hard because Mm. I don't think, that came out of left field for her because she was kind of like, whoa. But Mm. honestly, I think it made our relationship stronger just Mm. by me being open and honest about it and being like, hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling and I think I need help. Can you help me? Mm. You know, just reaching out to someone that you trust. Mm, That's so good. So maybe a good step, a good next step is don't let tonight end without telling someone that you trust what's really going on. That's so good. Thank you, Asher and Allie. All right, we have time for just a couple more questions before we head out to life groups. I'm going to throw this one to Allie and Selena. Um, We have a question, a student asking, how did you find a therapist that was right for you? Um, This student is being really honest, sharing, it tends to feel hopeless, sometimes going from person to person. So what what advice would you have for them? Okay, I have personal experience with this, so I kind (laughs) of know. Um, (laughs) um, It's kind of hard. It's really really hard to find someone that clicks. Um, I think the best, like, starting step right now is to look at the, 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 um, the resources we have. They have counseling and therapy here. I would start here. If you don't like it, find another one. I know some people don't have insurance and really can't afford a therapist, but there's so many options at school, at work, or wherever you go that have therapists available. And you don't have to stick with one. I promise you, you don't have to stick with them, or you don't have to feel like inclined to stick with this person even though you've been with them for a while. Like, it's okay to switch. I think my thing would be like, see if they have the same morals as me. Like, are they a Christian? Oh, I'm a Christian, cool. Um, 
I personally prefer like someone of the same sex. Like I would run a female therapist. So that's something I would start with too. Like, are you more comfortable with someone of your same sex, someone different? That's probably where I would go. Thanks, Lena. Um, so I'm, I'm fairly new to therapy. I just started a month ago, and I, I only, I've only had one therapist so far, so I kind of hit the jackpot, but um, <laughs> I've been talking to Tanel, so, you know, and for me, it kind of was the same thing, like, that Selena's been talking about, you know, just making sure that she kind of hit all the check boxes for me, like, I felt really comfortable because she was another female, so she knew from my perspective, she's also a Christian, so, you know, she was able to connect with me with God, through God even, mm. and just tell me, like, you know, you're not alone. God's, even though, like, you know, you feel like God's not with you, he's with you. He has a plan. He has mm. a purpose for your life. Like, you are not alone. Mm. And I want everyone here to know that, that you're not alone. And if you are struggling, God is with you and that he loves you and that this is going to serve a purpose for you in your life. And although it may be challenging, healing isn't linear. So just mm. trust so beautiful. Thank you, Allie. And um, the ladies bring up a great point. If everyone can just grab um, that what was on your seat when you came in. First of all, you got this amazing goodie bag put together by Allie. Can we thank her for that little treat for all of you? So sweet. And then also pull out that piece of paper that on the back side, it's green and it says resources. There are tons of resources. We don't want you to leave tonight feeling like, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do next. There are counselors. There are books. There are online resources for you to look at and explore. <laughs> Man, I was getting a, getting a little sweaty up here. Um, and we also have a longer list of counselors that we'd love to refer you to. So if you have any more questions, please, please um, talk to me um, or Haley or Pastor Eric. Sound good? All right, you guys, we are going to finish it off with one more question. I'd love for all of our panelists to answer this, and we'll start with Dale. We got lots of questions asking what scripture, what Bible verse helps you as you're facing mental health struggles? Well, I've got a couple. Let's start off with Philippians 4.13. I think we all know that one. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a good one. Another one that I, uh, actually, I have two more. Uh, Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will come to you as well. I like using that one as like a don't worry about what's going to happen in the future. Just mm -hmm. focus on God and trust that he'll get you through whatever you're going through. And the last one is, I hope I don't butcher it, but it's Proverbs 4.23. Above all, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Mm. So, yeah. So good. Thank you, Dale. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Thank you, Dale. <laughs> I mentioned uh, 2 Corinthians 12.8, uh, but I'll give you another one. Um, I really, really loved um, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he'll make your path straight. That one's a pretty basic one. Everyone, pretty much a lot of people know it. Um, another one is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 38. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, all right, so the one that I've really kept with me for my whole life is Joshua 1.9, which is, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
And I just like that because it's a good reminder that no matter what you do, no matter what you go through, God's been there. He'll go through it with you, and he won't forsake you. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, so Selena and I are on the same wavelength tonight because uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. that one's a pretty good one, just saying, like, come to me who are all weary and weakened, you know, and I will take your burdens. It's God's kind of way of being, like, trust me, like, mm-hmm. put your, like, hands in mine and, like, let me yeah. lead you through life, like, and trust that I have a plan for you. Um, also, sometimes I just open up the Bible sometimes and I just start reading, if I'm being completely honest. There's no specific scripture. Sometimes just comfort in God is comfort enough for me, just knowing that God's with me, mm-hmm. you know, even if I feel like I'm alone, just knowing like I'm reading the Bible, I just feel like I'm not alone in the way. <laughs> so good. Can we thank our student panel one more time for being with us tonight? Man, I, I don't know about you, but our student leader events have just been off to an incredible start. Um, Ryder, a couple weeks ago with our Christianity 101 night, um, we had all other student leaders leading our urban mission trip this past weekend, and tonight our students, um, Allie and Selena, leading the way for our mental health night. Can we just thank them one more time? <laughs> so, so cool to see you students being bold, um, hearing God's call on your life and and making visions a reality. So um, before, as you students prepare to head out to Life Group, just want to share one more thing, just like Allie was sharing, that the heart of tonight was to remind each and every one of you that you are not alone. And, and me and one of your life group leaders this week, I'm so glad that we started tonight in worship. Um, and on Sunday at our worship service, we sang this song called Jaira. And um, the kind of towards the end of that song, um, we sing, if he's talking about God, if he clothes, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? And if he watches over every sparrow, How much more does he love you? As you leave tonight, please, please know that you are deeply, passionately, more than you can ever imagine, loved by the God of the universe who created you. And that's the heart of tonight. That's what your student leaders wanted you to walk away with. So as you head to your life groups, know that you are deeply known and deeply loved. All right, students, if you all want to go ahead and stand up, head to your life group. If you are a brand new student and you're like, where do I go? Come up to the stage. I'd love to point you in the right direction. And don't forget, sign up for summer camp, y'all. Summer camp is is one-third of the way full. So sign up, save $50, purposechurch.com slash summer camp. We love you guys.